Welcome to the Beer Blazers Podcast. This is episode number eight for May 30th, 2016, Brewing With Yourself, recorded on location at Jagged Mountain Brewery. This is Beer Blazers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beer Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Johnson, and I'm joined today once again by Eric Beeler. Well, what? And for his inaugural Beer Blazer debut, I've got Jose Baldorama. Oh, yeah. We're going to call you Andale once in a while. So that's fine. That's, that's your, fine, too. That's your nickname. We can tell the story about it later. But, yeah, we'll do that later. Um, so, Jose uh, was mentioned in a previous episode. He is Jenny's wife. So, he's the one that was mowing the lawn while she was drinking that one beer. Perhaps she talked That's about the story. It. That's the story. That's the so. story. We'll go with it. So Jose's going to join us. We're we're hanging out at uh, Jagged Mountain Brewery in Denver, Colorado, um, not far from downtown. Actually, kind of right smack dab in the middle of downtown, near uh, Lawrence. And what is this? Thirty first? Something no, like that. No, no, it's way further down. Well, I don't know. It's it's in Denver. I can't see the street sign, and I'm losing my mind. But you can go to their website and get all their information at jaggedmountainbrew.com, and I will definitely have um, links to it online so you can find the place. It's definitely right. walking distance, 16th Street Mall. and uh, Oh, absolutely. And I was here at one time uh, when, when Jenny and I went to uh, Hotel Teatro. Oh, okay. Which is, I think, on uh, 15th Street. So you you, you, came, you wandered over here yeah, and had absolutely. some brew. It was delicious. Th- these guys are very... And, we'll, and we're going to have a little interview with the uh, general manager uh, coming up in a little bit. But these guys are very Colorado-focused. I mean, their logos like pickaxes for climbing, and they've got... Um, um, they've got beanies, and they're all about the mountains, and they're all about Colorado. So, little little taste of home. That's yeah, a good plus theme. beer. Good theme. They yeah. are also, by the way, a dog friendly brewer. There are two of the cutest damn little puppies I've ever seen just wrestling over here by the door, um, and then a couple of them. And there you go. You can hear them in the background. So, dog friendly place. You can come in. Bring you got, your you got a, all the windows lined up too on the side of the street there, so you get a, a nice feel for the downtown Denver. No, oh, absolutely. And in the summertime, it looks like this all opens up, and they have a nice patio space and, and whatnot. So we're, we're going to hang out here for a little bit. Thanks for letting us uh, come in, guys. And <laughs> he, uh, Chad, hooked us up with some beer to try during the episode. We have uh, 13 beers sitting in front of us, up to and including a Russian Imperial IPA, which is going to release mid-May. So it should have released just prior to this show. So it should be available now. 17.5% Russian Imperial. He pulled a little bit of that off the, off the fermenter for us. So we get to try that out as well. Interesting backstory on that one. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get to it. Um, also... For all you wonderful listeners at home that want free stuff, and who doesn't want free stuff, Jagged Mountain is giving away some some stuff. Jagged Mountain Care Package to include a T-shirt, one of the lovely Jagged Mountain T-shirts here. These We've are quality got, shirts, by the way. They are quite quality. You get a T-shirt. You're going to get a couple of pint glasses. You're going to get one of the little carabiners, little uh, Jagged Mountain carabiners, and a little Jagged Mountain sticker. They're, they're not messing around with their, their care packages. No. This is nice. T-shirts, glasses, carabiners, and stickers, baby. It's not just like a sticker. Not not just a sticker. So listen uh, listen later on the show, and we'll tell you what you can do to earn your very own Jagged Mountain care package. So um, I want to I want to talk about a few things, and actually, so Jose and I are, are home brewers, and we brew together for a few we, years now. Actually, you know what? I would I would say that we're very special relationship. Uh, I mean, come on. Because of our home broness? Uh, yeah. Home You know, that, that works. Home We've been brewing together for about four years. Um, but because we have just a dearth of beer sitting in front of us, I think what we should do is try a couple of these yeah, before we get too far off topic. So let's start low. Let's start low and work our way high. Let's okay. start with their Pilsner. Um, yes. You can go ahead and take that a little sip of that while I, uh, I give you the details. 
So that is the, it looks like it's the four pass pills. It must be the four pass pilsner. Um, this one, 5% ABV, 30 IBU. Should be a nice, clean pilsner. What do you guys think of that one? Um, I'm a big fan of this pilsner. It, uh, it has all the qualities that, uh, that a Budweiser does not. Well, it's not a high bar to get over. No, there's definitely. You know, when when people think about pilsners, right? They get upset. They 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 think about the the common big factory beers. It's true. So how is this different? One 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 thing I would like to say about pilsners, though, this is kind of an interesting thing and kind of ties into the homebrewing. Yes, is that uh, pilsners are one of the I think most difficult beers to brew. Uh, because of their simplicity, and if there's any kind of uh, you know um, erroneous methods or anything that, that 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 can impact the flavor of it, it shows up right away. As opposed to like something like an IPA or right. KLL. Right. So they're, they're they're supposed to be crisp. They're supposed to be light. They're supposed to be refreshing. And so I think it's easy to end up making it either taste like nothing. Yeah. Or just. You can really detect the flaws, and it's a, and it's a good gauge actually. I mean, if you come come to any brewery, right, and mm-hmm. you want to get a flight or whatever, you definitely like the Pilsner. It's a good litmus test. Absolutely, if they if they if they can brew good Pilsner IPAs, I love them, but you can hide a lot of flaws in an IPA. So the Pilsner has to be clean. This one's pretty crisp. There it is. Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. So. Again, not not my go to style, but I think it's done well. Um, it's a good Pilsner. I love this. Drink this on the porch. Drink this on the porch, kind of thing, while I'm yeah. lighting the fire on the grill. The porchy, the porchy. And what was the uh, ABV on that? Five percent. Five percent. No, so it's, it's a good it's, body. It's right there at that session level yeah, where absolutely. you could drink. You could drink yes. a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, kind of get back to the topic a little bit. So um, uh, Jose and I have brewed together since uh, about March of 2012. You've been in a little longer than I have. Yeah, I started back in. I mean, really, truly uh, getting into it. Just a quick backstory. Uh, Jenny uh, bought me uh, a class, a beer making class. Um, over at Rocky Mountain Brewery in Colorado Springs, in Colorado Springs, yep. and uh, and it was just come brew, use their equipment, and uh, we were able to keep the five gallon batch on site, and so it fermented there as well, and uh, we brought it home, and, and of course uh, I you know was hooked. I got into the hobby, um, and even earlier though, just a quick mention, I think a lot of people start this way uh, back in back in college. This is 1999 uh, time frame. Okay. Um, Got a got a Mister Beer kit, and I believe that was at yeah. uh, the, the the Bed Bath and Beyond. Right, one, and of, the, one of those little plastic right. things you mix in. Right, the, and, and it, it's the uh, the extract. Absolutely. You boil it, you shove it in the thing, and that's it. Right. So it wasn't all grain; it was just an extract, and, and it was good. I mean, we did it, and it was like, look, even even in our uh, college days, we can, we can go ahead and make some pretty quality beer. It was not bad. And and you know, and maybe it's just the the circles we run in, but a lot of the people that we know that are craft beer lovers have. They've at least tried to brew. They've been there. Beeler, you even came over one time when we were brewing. Yeah. And you hung out through the process. So, I mean, it's it's something that people like to try. But I guess the real thing I want to talk about in this episode is sort of from a high-level overview. How do you get into it? Why would you want to get into it? And what homebrewing what home is and what homebrewing isn't. And let me just say off the top, homebrewing is not a way to save money. Now, a lot of you are going to tell your significant others you're going to brew your own beer because you'll save some money. It's it's a lie, but but, <laughs> it's, but, it's, but it's it is a, a good thing money. to kind of sneak yourself into the into the hobby. It could sneak you into the hobby. So yeah. you get started. Someone buys you the Mr. Beer Kit. Sure. Yes. If, if that's how you got started, okay, take the Mr. Beer Kit back. Okay. It's going to be step one. Why is that? 
Well, okay, so the Mr. Beer they, Kit. They sell the little packs of, you know, you can go to the store. Yeah. They go, hey, uh, American Pilsner, and then you buy the pack and you throw it, it in, and, and a few weeks later you have beer. Right. The, you know what? The biggest drawback, it's not the quality of the beer that you make or, or lack of. I, I think it's actually not It's not too bad. Right. Um, it's the volume. The Mr. Beer Kit, I believe it's between one, maybe one and a half gallons of beer. Pretty Sounds small. like a lot, right? Not really. Once you get into it, that that goes rather quickly in one night. You know, get Johnson over Beeler. For, um, for example, yeah. if you go pick up a growler at a, at a brewery, that's yes. a half gallon. Yeah, right. So two growlers is a gallon of beer. Yeah, that's right. That, that's not a lot of beer to, to wait three weeks for. But I, I mean, so here's the here's the thing. I mean, here's the thirty second overview of how you, thirty second overview of what beer brewing is. Right. You take grain, you introduce hot water. The hot water sucks the sugar out, basically. You take that hot water, flush it into a kettle, and you boil it for some period of time, which reduces the amount of water, increases the amount of sugar, and during that process, you throw in your hops, right? At the end of that, you have what's called a wort, which is basically wheat, or not wheat, but barley sugar in water. You throw that in a fermenter, you toss in some yeast, the yeast eats the sugar, poops out the alcohol, and after two weeks, you have beer, right? So when you're looking at one of those Mr. Homebrew kits, they're a little bit of extract, which is basically the, the sugar from the malt in powder form. You boil that with some water, and then you have some hops you'll toss in, and then you throw it in this little tiny, it looks like a beer mug thing with a tap on it, crazy thing, and yep. you let it sit for two weeks. Yep. You can make good beer that way, sure, if you have yep. a good recipe, but it's really, I want to say those things cost, what, about 50 bucks? Yeah, I don't even think it was that much. I think it was like 30, maybe 40. But each kit, though, each like can of uh, extract was... At that time, back in '99, I think it was nine or ten bucks. Right, and so, I mean, it, it kind of—it's one of those things to where, sure, it's—it's it's an inexpensive way to try it, make your own beer at home. But if you're serious about brewing, like, I would look—I I would actually look for a local homebrew club, right? Look for a local group. Um, we actually participate in one in Cotter Springs, Brew Brothers of Pikes Peak. Um, Jose sitting here wearing a shirt as we as we record this, and that's uh, why um, they they do call me Andel, but my 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 nickname is Andale. Andale. Um, when well, yeah. So thank you, Andel. Yeah, Andel. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So Jenny and I, uh, one year at a at a Christmas party, we're like, hey, let's go have these and get get one of these bowling shirts and put Andale on it. We misplaced the uh, the accent mark, and I think we made it Andale. I kind of think Instead that it, of Andale. It's it's sort of fitting because my 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 name is. Jose, right? Jose. And it really should be Jose with an with an accent mark on the E. But my parents did not do that on my birth certificate. There's no accent mark. Jose. So I'm Jose, not Jose. Right. And so you're missing your tick mark, but that led to the other Brew Brothers going, what's up, Andale? Because it's A-N-D-A-L. Or Andale. Or Andale. Yeah. So his nickname is And Ale. And actually, if you just put a dash, it would be Jose and Ale. Oh, that's Jose and And see, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I do like that. But anyway, so we're we're a member of that group. Get involved with some local groups. You can find other home brewers. You can go participate with them. Um, and your system can be anything from a six hundred dollar kettleman kettle to a we cut a hole in the top of an old cake. Now, and yeah, we, tell we, tell the story a little bit. Get get deeper into that because your setup is mostly homemade. It's it's completely homemade. Um, the first time I brewed with Jose, he had sort of gone through some of the initial trials and tribulations, right? And he had taken a, a half barrel keg, which is what you would what, what you would think of as a full keg at a at a liquor store. Yeah, and that's actually a half but barrel. But they are half barrel. And basically drink all the beer, let off the pressure, and cut the top off of it. So the half barrel becomes a just a giant um, beer kettle. And we, we have two of those. One's are for our hot liquor ton, which is where you get your initial hot water, and one's for our um, brewing. 
when I first started with him, he didn't have two. He had one. So we'd, we'd brew the water, we'd dump it into a cooler on the table, and we'd let it mash. And then we try to strain that back into the same kettle, and then we brew it, um, and we strained everything through a screen. Like I'm not even kidding, like a piece of screen. And so that sort of evolved, and now we have this. We'll have to post pictures we when can. the episode yeah. comes out. Yes, we have this brew sculpture that we built with this. Uh, it's it's like this green. It's called Unistrut. It's the kind of stuff you see in warehouses, and they'll be running along the ceiling, and they'll hang lights or pipes or stuff off this Unistrut. Well, if you cut it apart, you can screw it back together in unique ways. And we have this giant structure where there's a a 15-gallon keg of hot water above our heads that feeds down to a mash tun cooler at about, you know, mid-height and then down to a kettle that's almost on the ground. And everything's powered by turkey fry burners. And so it's kind of a, it's a, it's a bigger system, but at the end of the day, our kettles, instead of buying $600 Blinkman, and don't get me wrong, those kettles are amazing. Those kettles you can buy um, that are expensive, they're awesome. But for us, it was like $70 to buy a kettle full, or a keg full of beer. You drink the beer, and then you keep the kettle. Now you're going to lose your deposit, obviously, but you could also probably try to buy a kettle or a keg. But you know, we didn't. We just basically took. I think one's a new Belgian keg, and one's like a Coors keg. I don't sure. Know. And and, and so just as a cheap. as a pro tip too, those uh, those kegs I believe were uh, kegs left over from the quote unquote deposit. And if you remember, or I don't even know what they cost nowadays for the deposit that you put down when you when you get a half barrel from the liquor store, um, typically twenty, thirty, maybe forty dollars deposit. Yeah, a stainless steel kettle. I mean, this is—they don't want us to tell you this, but a stainless steel kettle like that in that volume, that size, would cost over easily over a hundred dollars. Oh, well over. Well probably, over. Probably closer to like seven or eight hundred. Right. So I mean, hugely expensive. So you keep it. You're out thirty, forty bucks, but you have that to use, and they're amazing. They're great. Right. And you pay between eighty and hundred for the actual keg, but presumably you drank that. Yeah. So you got to have the beer before you just threw it out. Yeah. So there's cheap ways into it, um, and that's sort of how we got into it. Um, well, and, oh, go ahead. oh yeah. Just one thing I'd like to note too is uh, you mentioned, and and I think this terminology too is is something that I, um, you know, uh, found out like. Just doing the whole brewery thing is that right. a beer sculpture if you ever hear that that that's basically what homebrewers are talking about their system their quote yes. unquote system and the, the, the system that we do have is what they call a gravity assist or gravity fed right there are no pumps right um, which is you, why our liquor tons above our head exactly because it has to drop and then drop yes. again there's basically three tiers to that and uh, and but but you don't have to deal with any of the motors, the pumps, all of that, which again is a great system to have. But uh, once once you have, I mean, just to start off with, the gravity is is phenomenal because that's uh, ongoing and free. Yeah, that's a little bit. We're going to get back into beer brewing here in a minute, but we got a lot of beer, so we need to we need to plow through a few of these and talk about them. The next is the wit. And we, we are kind of tasted wit, it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is their walk off wit. Um, it's four point eight percent, eighteen IBU, very low IBU. So, what do you guys think of the the wit beer? Uh, this is um, I, I like this. This is uh, a little more on the I, I want to say refreshing side. A little less sweet than I've tasted some wits before. Um, perfectly agreeable. I really like it. Yeah, it, it's. It, I mean, it has the uh, it has the nose you expect. Yes, from, from a wheat beer. Or yeah, from a wheat it's beer. everything a wit should be. It's it's clean. A little little, little cloud, which yeah. you expect from a little, little suspended yeast in there. So I just find sometimes the wits get a little too far on the sweet side. They yeah. certainly can. Yeah. And this this isn't one that I feel like you need to crutch it by throwing a lemon in, right? Or a lime or an orange. Like I, and, it's pretty good. And I agree with with your statements. I think it's a, a good example of a wit. One thing I would like to note too that you just brought up is is the the cloudiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first beer we had was a pilsner, which Crutch. should be 
no cloud to it at all. And, right? it, and, and it was pretty damn clear. And it was very, very clear. And, and there's a lot of people who are new to microbreweries or homebrewing or whatever, and they equate cloudiness to being bad or just a negative connotation. Cloudiness at all is, is perfectly fine. It is, it is actually something that you would expect. In, in some styles. In, in, in some, absolutely, in no. some styles. In, in other styles, it's not something that you would be desirable. No, no, like um, Pilsner. Like, exactly. like, a, like a Pilsner. Right, um, and, right. And, and, and there's some that kind of, some have cloudiness and some don't. Wits typically do. Belgian beers in general typically do because there's some suspended yeast. Fruity beers tend to be pretty cloudy, right? Because there's, there's, there's fruit matter floating in those bad boys. So Speaking of fruity beers and Belgian beers, Ooh. the next one on the list Ooh. here is oh, the, yeah. uh, the Blackberry Saison. Are um, you just talk dirty to me? I'm talking dirty about I the like blackberry it. saison. Ooh, I don't know that I want to do that. I think no? that's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing to do. But we're weird. It's fun. Yeah. Where's my list? My list is gone. I've lost my beer list. I'm gonna have to uh, have to reference that back here in a second. Oh, Beeler, what do you what do you think of that? Blackberry saison. What's your that's, thoughts? Yeah, you're expecting something super sweet. You're not getting that. You're getting the essential notes of that of that fruit. Without the over sweetness of it, I guess that kind of carries over from the last note that I had. And this, by the way, this is their Wolf Pack yeah. Black Saison, six point eight percent, twenty five IBU. Okay, yeah, no, I, it's it's good. I think the uh, the saison type of uh, 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 genre there with the, with the fruit, it, it pairs well nicely. Um, in your other show, you talk about pairings, and and this is kind of liquid form, right? Get the fruit and the beer. Absolutely, and you don't have to necessarily pair food with food. Sometimes you have to pair flavor with beer. That's a weird thing to say. Flavor but I, with beer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something like a blackberry saison or something with a beer. And so this particular one, I, I think it does well. It's not, uh, it isn't my my typical, like, I mean, I, I like a saison. The fruitiness on this is a little sweet for me, but I like, I mean, it's, it's, it's well sweet? done. I don't think it's overly sweet. I don't think it's overly sweet, but I think, I think the, you the get sweetness that, saison's I a little bit. I think the blackberry's mm-hmm. there, but it's it's not over blackberry if, if that's how you want to say it and you know um, this uh, it's just kind of hanging out if, there along with the other flavors it's definitely if you like fruit beers though I think it is a must try yeah you come here you, you gotta have have some of this and I think I, I lied so I, th- I said this was their wolf pack that's one of their flagships I think I lied I think this is one of the ones that just came out of their barrel this is their cougar slayer Black I like saison. the name cougar cougar slayer blackberry saison cougar slayer yeah well you know sometimes you is can, that PC uh, it's not my job to know. I don't know. No, I, I like it non-PC. It's good. I like the non-PC. Okay. So that's the blue. We, got, we uh, have the explicit tag. You can see it. We can. So we've also now got their, uh, the next one we want to try real quick is their Session IPA. Okay. Um, this one. Oh, this, this actually gets me excited. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, come on. Session IPA? You're all, you're all hyped up about the Session IPA? I what, am. what do you think there, Mr. Beeler? Definitely, uh, definitely feeling the hops there. Uh, they're a little more forward on the tongue than uh, some of the IPAs I've had recently. And this is this is a session. This, so this is, should be yeah. This is a crisp, clean. I think this should be forward. this should be the single hop session. Yeah. Sidewander, they call it. Five percent ABV. It's not overly hoppy, but fifty-five you definitely IBU. Feel that hop flavor and the crispness on the front. And at five percent, I mean, it comes in right at that session level. I mean, could right. you could you drink a lot of that in one sitting? Yeah, and that's the whole idea. You, yeah, you could. But and here's the thing too: it's there's a lot of session IPAs that you have out there that, uh, you know, there's definitely a, a they detract 
from the flavor. This one still keeps it in there. There's a lot of body, a lot of, lot of IPA uh, flavor. It's, it's pretty bold for a session IPA, I, I, at least in my opinion. It, I mean, 55 IBU and actually 60 on the chalkboard, so I wow. think maybe this particular batch is a slightly bit higher than what they have printed here. Um, it's still, that's not, that's not non-bitter. Very respectable. 60 IBU is still pretty bitter. So yeah, from a, from a, for, for a home brewer that wants to make a session IPA, yeah. what, what, would they, what, what would their technique be? How do you think they would go about being able to do that? I'm being attacked by a puppy. This is so cute. Anyway, what would you do to make a session IPA versus a regular IPA? What are the steps? Uh, I guess you're looking at me there, Johnson, well, right? You, you're the other home brewer that I'm talking hey, to. Hey, you know, you get a lot of hops, put them in there. No, I mean, it really depends on how much sugar that you're going to have because at the end of the day, uh, when the yeast uh, chomp down the sugar and uh, the way we like to call it, 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 it what it pees out alcohol and it and it and it, and it poops out CO two, right? Yeah. All technical terms, by the way. All, all technical. This is uh, yeah. Hopefully, you guys have some uh, you know writing implement. You can take some notes here. And for a session, you're looking to keep the ABV down. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so you're not going to have you're not going to start with a high. Um, actual uh, specific gravity, the original uh, gravity before you uh, introduce the yeast. It'll be a little bit lower, um, so less sugar. Um, but, I mean, just like the IPA, you, you're going to have a, an abundance, a lot, uh, relative to other uh, styles of beer. You're going to have a lot of hops in there. And, and probably two, maybe three different types. And you can put hops in. The hops don't affect the alcohol percentage at all, right? No, not at all. They affect the bitterness, the flavor. Right. But you put hops in. And what I've seen done, especially for homebrewers, right? They'll do a split batch. So, typically what you do is you mash, you put that in your kettle, then you do what's called a sparge, and you add more water and kind of flush the remaining sugars out, right? So what happens is, if you're going to make an IPA, your initial batch of liquid tends to be really, really high on the starting gravity, the sugar. And then when you sparge and get that next batch of water, it all mixes, and your gravity comes down. There's now less sugar overall. So what I've seen people do, and homebrewers especially... They want to make an imperial IPA, so they'll do the initial mash and that keep that high sugar batch, sure. and, and they'll and they'll brew that all the way to completion, and then they take their sparge and they'll use that to make a session, right? Because that has a lot less sugar, and it kind of gives you the ability to make an imperial and a session side by side in one shot. Yeah. So. Now t- tell me, the IPA is going to be one of your more expensive beers to make, right? Yes, the grain bill, and there's usually a lot of hops, and hops are not cheap. Grain, right grain, bill, grain bill, Especially by the way, right now. And de- definitional alert. Grain bill means the amount of grains you're using in your beer. And I, and, and I would almost say that from a percentage standpoint, um, IPAs tend to run about 30% plus more uh, cost-wise for the hops because you are using so much, so many hops. Right. A lot right. of hops and, uh, for, for not only bitterness, I, dry hopping. The I whole feel night. like a lot of smaller brewers out there are running into, running into issues with that because of the amount of hops they have to buy. They try to get it at the wholesale prices. If they were to try and buy them, say, at the regular retail prices that a lot of homebrewers would, they their beer would have to be ten bucks a glass. Yeah, we or buy even a, more. a pound of hops, depending on the varietal, it'll cost us what, twenty bucks for yeah. a pound? It's yes. So you start talking some of these big IPAs in a brewery where they're doing five barrel, ten barrel. And using pounds of hops, I mean, you're, you're looking at hundreds of dollars just in hops and, going into this. And you things. know what's very interesting too? People don't think about this: is that from season to season, depending on how the the climate is in various locations around the world, uh, where these hops are being grown in on, in acres and stuff, right? 
that, uh, depending on that, can affect the, de- the, the demand. And the supply, I believe, is just pretty much going up. And I think, I think the way they describe it, a, a lot of these places, they have to buy futures in homes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So they, they, have to, they have to go a year, two years ahead to try and get their allocation. And so a, a lot of these smaller guys, they're partnering with maybe a slightly bigger brewer in town, uh, paying a smaller markup than they would retail. But, you know, as a hobby... It's not a. It's not necessarily a, a super cheap hobby, like you were saying. Yeah, especially IPA is very popular to, to brew. Absolutely, and, and it's not cheap. And what a lot of, and there's there's places you can look this up on the internet. There's a lot of places that will say, if a recipe calls for this hop, here's a good replacement hop. Okay? Right. And so you can get into these situations where you want to brew something specific, but that hop's not available, or that hop's overly expensive. And they'll even do this in breweries like this, where they'll be like, well, it's our, it's our basic IPA, but we switched out. We used a Summit hop instead of a, a Magnum or something like that. So there's, there are alternates. And as a home brewer, I think we'll probably make more compromises than a brewery would make, because you can just say, look, I need a... I need a bittering hop, and so I could use Summit, I could use Magnum, I could use something like that, and I'm going to get the bitterness, and I'm going to, but I'm not going to part a whole lot of the aroma of that hop. So maybe you're more picky about the hop you use for aroma versus the one you use for bittering. I mean, it, it's, it's all very flexible, but we've made it, in fact, one of our blue metal or blue ribbon winning beers, we made a Pilsner, and it was literally a Saturday afternoon we were brewing. We Summit. Went, we, yeah, we were like, what do we have left? Yes. And we're like, we've got a, we've got a bunch of two-row, which is your basic malt, and we've got Summit hops, which are hoppy as hell, which you shouldn't use in a Pilsner. We use a very little bit. But we basically made a Pilsner with completely the wrong stuff. And it won blue because it was good. It, <laughs> it was, was, it was pretty good. Right. I, I still have some of that. When did we brew that? I'll and, have to look. And, you know, kind of just to bring it around to the whole brewing, talking about there really is three, and only three, if you don't include water, but come on, we know it starts with water. There's three ingredients, right? We mm-hmm. have we have grain, you have hops, you have yeast. Right. And you can change just one of those variables, okay? Yep. And make a completely different brew in addition to the way that you mash the, the, the actual grain temperature-wise. I mean, there's definitely some variables through the process. But if all you did was go and, and then buy special a adjuncts, pound, things like fruit, but that's all kind of outside. Right, right. But, but just those three variables, you can, yeah, with some additional stuff there. Um, you can make an infinite combination of delicious, tasty beer, and that is why there are tens of thousands of beers worldwide. So what would you say is a, a safe recipe to start out with for someone getting into brewing? I mean, the, I, I think maybe the uh, the want to try something unusual or just go for, hey, you know what, this is my this is my favorite brew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and recreate it. Um, should you should you start a little more simple? You know, one of the things that we've done um, is is kind of take a look at uh, some tried and true uh, recipes. Um, and there's very many. There's a, quite a few microbreweries out there. Again, you know, in the United States and and probably even in Europe that publish the ingredients. You can you can know exactly what they are using in order to uh, you know you make a clone of their beer. Um, many of them are, are happy to even just tell you. So if you walk into your microbrewery and like, what you know, what are you using for your 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 yeast and your hops and all that, they'll be happy to tell you. It's not it's not a secret, right? Well, because a lot of it, I think, the quality of some of these beers comes down to process, right? And, and it, just because you know what's in it, I mean, you can look at the ingredients list on the back of ketchup, but it doesn't mean you're going to smash together the right stuff and make ketchup. No, right? that's a good point. But I think, I mean, to your to, to, to your to your question, what should you start with? Um, uh, Northern Brewer is a site we use a lot, and they have recipes readily right. available. Yeah. 
You can go on there. They'll say, here's what you need. They sell the ingredients. You can get it, take it home, do it yourself. Um, I think if you're just starting out, there's there's a difference between all grain and extract brewing, okay? And so with all grain brewing, you have to start with, you have to start with malt and you have to crush it down and then you have to soak water in it. If you go extract, you dump powder into water, you boil it. Yeah. It's a great way to start. You can go simple. You can do a small batch with a big even spaghetti kettle at home. And so, but I would think something Maybe something that doesn't take a lot of time. Something that doesn't take a lot of time. See how you're doing. I think an amber, a brown, um, a, a red kind of. I think those are kind of middle of the road easy IPAs. It just it, it, it's a lot of money to throw into it if you think you're going to screw it up with hops. And again, with like with pilsners, you could try a pilsner. It's probably going to be one of your cheaper beers to brew ingredients wise. But it's so easy to just have something go wrong and have it not be good. So I would go something amber, brown, something in that kind of middle as far as caramely and, and sweetness. Nothing too crazy. How about how about this? I think you should Definitely brew. don't do a stout. No, no. Brew, brew an ale. How about how generic is that? Brew an ale. Brew an ale. So don't don't start your first batch with a lager. Yes. Like you don't want to have to cool. Exactly. And I that's. Guess, I guess we should probably we should probably that talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's two kinds of beers. You guys have probably heard about this. There's ale and there's lager, right? And that's kind of the general things. The difference is, well, there's two things. One, ale uses what's called a top fermenting yeast. So it sits on top. It eats up all the stuff. You'll see this crazy yeast cake, right? Poop, poops and peas. Poops and peas, all the, the liquor out. The delicious and stuff. And then when it's done, the yeast drops to the bottom. Game over. You can do that between 68 and 72 degrees. Sometimes you'll start a little bit hotter to do something, and then you'll drop it. But you, you're typically, you're not, you're not out of that 60, even maybe 65 to 75, right? You're in that range. When you lager, it's a bottom fermenting yeast, so it actually sits on the bottom and does its work, but it has to be kept at like, we haven't done it, but it's, it's like 48, it's it, like refrigerator temperature. It varies on the yeast. It varies on the yeast, the so you have to keep using. it cool. So, for those of you playing the home game, which is what this is all about, if you have room for a six and a half gallon carboy in a refrigerator that you can set to a specific temperature and not want to put anything else in, maybe you try some lagering. Otherwise, it's difficult to do. If you've got a basement, in a, in a, I mean, I don't know about someplace like, you know, Phoenix or Albuquerque, but someplace temperate, Colorado, whatever, and you can get like a 68, 70 degree basement and leave your stuff down there. It's perfect. And that's, and, and that's, that's, that's all it. And that's the thing. The L, I mean, uh, is it a coincidence that yeast love the 70 degrees and humans love the 70 degrees? I mean, give or take, you know, a couple, couple degrees here and there. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. So start with an ale, and and honestly, you can you know going back to to uh, to Beeler's question here, um, do an extract. You can you you yeah. can pretty much use everything that you have. You Powder, just, water, boil, go. Yeah, and then and then you get a get a five gallon food grade bucket that a ferment in there. Well, maybe six, uh, but uh, just a few things there. You can get you can get a basic setup online or at your friendly local uh, homebrew store. Um, I think right around probably 50 maybe $60, and you're on your way, and you can make some tasty brew. And you know what? And your home brew store, by the way, is a phenomenal place to stop in and ask some questions. Um, in fact, one of the first beers Jose and I brewed, we wanted to make an IPA. We walked into the local homebrew shop. Um, we walked into the local homebrew shop. We said, we want to make an IPA. He said, take this, take this, take this, boil it this long. Here's your ingredients. Go. So it really does help you out. Um, so before we take a break, because we're going to take a quick break and bring on uh, Chad, the general manager here, and chat with him a little bit, we want to try a couple of the other beers because we're we're not making that much greater progress. So no. this is one of their IPAs. Um, I forget the nomenclature on this one. I think this is the cast single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The single. Session. Yeah, the yeah. Session. No, it's not the. It was a single barrel IPA. Single barrel. Um, single hops. No, it's not single hop session. But anyway, one of their IPAs. This one, I'll, I'll get the stats on. But what do you guys think of this? 
I think it has a little deeper flavor. I think I think it's a long the session IPA. Okay. But you can tell it spent some time. It spent some time getting old. It, it, and it, it's got a bit deep, bit of a deeper flavor to it. It does. I, I'm not not overly hoppy. No. I think it's no. The hops kind of kind of pulled back a little bit. With yeah. That age. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not bitter. I mean, it, there's a little bit of hint, but it's not that not that bitter that a lot of people who don't like uh, um, you know the IPAs and stuff. I think would still pretty much enjoy this. Yeah, and this is one of their their seasonal ones. And then I mean, let, let, real quick, I want to compare this to their their uh, their Swatch. Is that like the watch, like the swatch. It's hey, the, you're you're dating yourself. It's the sawwatch. We gotta get the swatch band with swatch. I don't swatch think watch? it's actually swatch. I think it's sawwatch. It's probably a climbing piece of gear. I hope. Um, yeah, the Cougar Slayer. We heard that one. By the way, I didn't mention the Cougar Slayer. That's a, that's their gluten reduced beer. Something to something to keep in mind. So the swatch is their IPA, six point seven seventy IBU. That's this guy here. We're gonna try this one. See what we think. Okay. I hope this is. I'm I'm, I'm assuming a little more bitter than the. I like the, the color. Seasonal. Looks good. Nice copper. This one again, very clear, good caramely, good caramely notes. Uh, yeah. the, the, the hops come through. Um, I would say more. I would say more grassy than earthy. Gave I mean, it a it's definitely. Good shake there. It's definitely it's definitely grassy. It's got a it's got a good a good profile and not overly. And there's not a lot of bitter on the back of the tongue, right? You, no, there's you, a slight sweetness to it. Yeah, there's, there's a good slight sweetness to yeah, it. I like those grassy. This is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get the hops up front, but then it kind of mellows out and kind of goes down smooth. So, I like that one. All right, well, we've got uh, like seven more beers to try, but we've gotten through six, so we're doing pretty well. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on Beer Blazers. And we're back. Joining me now is Chad Bratt, the general manager here at Jagged Mountain Brewery. Chad, thanks for coming on chatting with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, you guys have a, a really nice setup. I mean, right in the middle of downtown. Yep. Um, I'm walking distance to, I'm pretty sure, just about everything. Oh, yeah. Tons of breweries here. around us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, Denver's blown. I mean, you, when did you guys actually establish? When was... So we opened doors here uh, November of 2013. Okay. So we're coming up on about two and a half years right now. Okay, so you kind of right at the height of sort of the, and I don't know if you can say we've reached the height of the I don't craft even, beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every day there's a new one. Yep, I can't even up. keep up. And you guys yeah. are doing, um, so, and you guys do some collaborations. With we do, yeah, we do like to do collaborations, yep. Yeah, that's a. Did you guys do Collaboration Fest this year? We did. Yeah, we were part of Collaboration Fest. We did two beers. Uh, we did our Black Luculin with Brewery Ricoli over in Wheat Ridge. Okay. Uh, we did that beer with him, uh, Imperial Black Rye IPA. Okay. Uh, and then we did a beer with a uh, brewery out of Billings, Montana called Uber Brew. Okay. And they uh, they've won Alpha King a few years, so they've got a little recognition going up there for what they're doing. Um, know their way around hops really well, so we did a single malt, single hop barley wine with those guys. Okay. And then barrel aged it uh, in some barrels uh, and. And, uh, yeah, it turned out awesome. So excellent. Yeah. So what? What? Well, I mean, uh, I've seen the website. I mean, obviously the founders of climbers and mm-hmm. like, like yep. Colorado. So is that just sort of the the whole theme is just Colorado outdoors? Yeah, it's just outdoors. Uh, you know, our, our kind of our motto is adventurous beer for adventurous people. Uh, okay. So we like to you know kind of portray that in our our uh, t-shirts and our apparel and our tap room and everything we do outside of our tap room. So okay. Yeah. And is there a? I mean, you guys obviously have a lot of different stuff on on tap. Yeah. A lot of different styles are mm-hmm. Is there a favorite that you guys like to do or do you kind of like to keep it interesting and mix we it like up? We like to keep it interesting. You know, we have our, even our flagships have 
a little uh, bit of obscurity to them. You know, our Black Saison is definitely a, a unique beer in its, in, on its own. And then we've got our IPA, which is uh, a kind of a standard IPA, a little more uh, East Coast style and more malt body to it. Um, but we, we mess around with Belgian beers, uh, with American styles. We do just about everything. We just brewed our first Pilsner as well. Okay. Um, so our first time ever lagering on our system, and it, it turned out great. So we've got... Yeah, we're just experimenting with whatever we can right now. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were discussing sort of the the difference between the pills and the lager. So, mm-hmm. is was that just something you guys weren't ready to do? I mean, obviously keeping it keeping it cool during the lagering. Yeah. It, you just weren't set for it, or just something yeah, you we weren't yet? set for it. Yeah, and as you know, I mean, lagering takes a lot longer. So we right. we have four tanks in the back. So if we have one sitting with with lagered beer in it, it's gonna it's gonna kind of uh, slow down our production schedule a little bit. So we kind of waited to do that. Um, and last year we wanted to bring out a really nice light beer for the for the baseball crowd we're two blocks away from Coors right. Field so uh, we wanted to do something for the Rockies crowd and we did a Belgian wit uh, which went over really really well and this year we wanted to do something even even closer to what you're going to get inside the stadium uh, we want people people who are coming in are asking us for you know Coors product and Coors Light and you know coming from the stadium so we want to offer right. something that's that's going to be that's going to be in the ballpark you know pun intended but uh, so yeah that's uh, you know we did that and that's the first time we've ever done it and it turned out great and I think it'll be uh, around for some years to come um, it's already been a very popular beer. So. Very popular. Yeah, yeah, in general, I mean, usually when I, when I walk into a new brewery, people mm-hmm. ask for it, what's, what's, what's your pills and what's your IPA? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why, but those are the, the popular sides of yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're right, it's written right on the side of the field. It's, yeah. it's course. Yep. <laughs> so you can't, you can't, it doesn't say IPA ballpark. <laughs> yeah, I would, right. <laughs> I would love it if it did. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be I'm excellent. A, I'm a huge craft beer fan. Um, so do you guys do any uh, distribution or is it all in-house? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we're self-distributed. So okay. we just are, uh, are on tap. Uh, so draft accounts around Denver uh, Front Range we're up to uh, Boulder and Fort Collins all the way down to Castle Rock as well um, but yeah we're we're just doing small batch stuff right now just kegs is what we're pushing out so no cans or bottles yet but that's uh, coming up in the near future so okay so you yeah. can find it at restaurants bars around town exactly, but not, yeah. not going to be like in liquor stores exactly yet. yep okay. you got it um, so we were talking a little and actually I want to you know actually I'm going to diverge I want to ask mm-hmm. I'm curious we've talked about in an earlier episode of my show we talked about uh, the whole change to the upcoming beer laws. Yep. And the distribution versus mm-hmm. who can own it and can they sell it in liquor stores yeah. versus King yeah. Supers. Um, most of the small breweries are coming down on the no, we don't want it to be sold in King Correct, Supers. Correct, yeah. And is that, so you guys are on that party line? Yeah, yeah, we fall on that side as well. Yeah. Okay. So it's more, I mean, for you guys, it's more the, uh, in general, it's the distribution, right? You guys mm-hmm. can't compete with New Belgium in getting yeah. beers into large Yeah, we places, can. So. Yeah, unless we went with a distributor, which, you know, a lot of guys are, mm-hmm. um, and that's great, but... Um, where we stand right now, we're still going to self-distribute, and, right. and and a lot of Colorado breweries are, and that's what's gonna it's gonna hurt those guys a lot, unfortunately, and the liquor stores even more than it will us. So. Yeah, and there's so much coming. I mean, we'll have to see how November shakes. Oh out. yeah, there's so <laughs> many things on the ballot. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Um, what about anything um, new, exciting that you guys have coming up that you're getting ready to release or that yeah. you just released? Yeah, coming up on uh, May 17th during uh, American Craft Beer Week, actually, we're going to release a uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. It's been sitting in um, yep, Breckenridge Bourbon Barrels for 15 months now. It's uh, 17.5%, so not a light beer by any means, um, but it's going to be, it's, it's a fantastic beer, and uh, we're really excited to release that. We've been sitting on it for a while. We were excited to get out of the barrels and taste it the other day, and it was, it's great. So yeah, you, you said this one's been aging for 15? 15 months. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, that's and you've only been open for two and a half. Yeah, years. right. Yeah, so, I mean, so you started that pretty early. Yeah, exactly. 
that's that's a that's a commitment a year it, in yeah so we're gonna release that uh, on tap on the 17th we're also gonna have bottles of it um, okay so we'll uh we'll be selling it in 12 ounce bottles um okay we figured it would it would probably sell pretty well to the public so not a lot of people are gonna sit here and have that kind of big beer so okay give them the option to take it home with them yeah, yeah no that's that's true sure. a pint yeah. a, a pint of that yeah. like, like three drinks at that point, yeah it'll right? be uh i think it'll be six ounce pours yeah just, for, little, just little, for safety reasons little, you know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> let me be responsible for yeah. that um what so what got you into wanting to work in a in a brewery setting I and mean, is this a passion of yours or yeah you know i think it became more of a passion over the last five or six years i've you know worked with a couple friends on the more vendor side the apparel side of of, of um, brewing um okay. or sorry the brewery side that side of the brewery stuff mm-hmm. uh, and uh hosted events for a while as well uh hosted okay. events with a company called epic beer festivals okay uh we hosted all over the country um and in this uh position kind of fell into my lap where i had some friends open up uh this uh, uh brewery here at jagged mountain and so yeah the doors opened up and here I am. So, so have you been here since day one? I have been here in? since day one. Yeah. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. You guys are doing a great, I mean, I like, I like the space. I mean, yeah. again, the, the location's good. You've got the pickaxes. Yep. Yeah. Going on the ceiling yeah. here. So, and summertime, you've got the great patio. You can open up yep. right outside. Yeah. The patio's great. Yeah. Especially with baseball being next door to you. It's huge. So if the, if the Rockies can ever get back to the, yeah. <laughs> the World yeah. Series, you yeah, guys we'll keep our fingers crossed. Heck of yeah. a <laughs> did, uh, did the parade, the Bronco parade bring you guys any business? Or you know, a little bit. It wasn't too far from It wasn't too far away. And it did just because, I mean, we, we opened up a couple hours early that day and we saw some decent traffic. So, yeah. Yeah, go Broncos. Yeah, and no, it worked they, out for us. Yeah. They, help, they help everybody. They oh, help yeah, everybody absolutely. Um, let's see. What else did I want to chat with you about a little bit? So, you, you've done some home brewing. Mm-hmm. So, we've been, um, Jose and I have been talking on this episode. He and I have been brewing for three or four mm-hmm. years together. Um, what is it about home brewing that attracts Because a lot of people say, oh, I want to save money. And we're like, no, that's not. Yeah. It's not no, something you should want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, what is it about home brewing that initially attracted you to get into it and ultimately into big uh, Creativity. You know, okay. I think it's uh, goes back to being able to you know create your own product. It's whether you're you know cooking at home, just dinner. You know, it's the satisfaction to be able to create your own product, and I think that's the that's what that's what comes out of brewing too, and just experimenting with stuff. You know, it's fun to go out and drink beers with fun ingredients in them, or something a little more obscure than what you're normally used to, or maybe some big triple IPA, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's just as fun to go home and be able to make that that same beer uh, and and hope and hope it turns out. You know, but, yeah. Uh, but it's I think it's just there's so much fun. In it and it's so creative and it's a, it's a good creative outlet for sure. So and you you said you work on the pilot program here. Yep, yep. I run the pilot program here. Okay, so that, so I mean that's the cutting edge of your getting to play around exactly. Small yeah, just and hope they turn out. Yeah, and, yeah. Small batches and it's I mean it's great. You know we run a Ruby Street uh, system Alpha One system in the back. It's a one barrel and it's a fantastic little system. We do a lot of really fun stuff on it. Um, we did some you know we we've actually done a bunch of test batches on that uh, system that we brewed. Uh, bigger batches of our last year's our, our fall seasonal was the India Red Rye Saison that we did a batch okay. on there first um, and then we just did a grapefruit double IPA about four months ago that we're going to be brewing next week uh, on our big system uh, okay. so we've done a couple actual test batches on there they've worked out well enough that we want to you know, bring them out in a, in a full ten barrel batch. So cool. But, and yeah. you guys do uh, you guys do some sours, right? I saw. A few uh, yeah. So we've got a few projects. in the works. So we haven't released the sour yet. Uh, oh, so but you haven't actually had no. Replied. But okay. we've got a few working in the barrels. So we have a uh, a lacto and Brett strain working together on a uh, on our blackberry saison. Uh, okay. So that should be a pretty fun beer. Uh, and that's sitting in some uh, red wine barrels. It's 
on their second use. So, you know, get a little of that character out of it, a little of that red wine character, but mostly it'll be a little oaky. Okay. Um, and then we've got our Grand Cru, which is a, a mixture of um, our uh, Belgian double, uh, our uh, barrel-aged, um, bourbon barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout, and our bourbon barrel-aged Quad. So it's a three-way blend of those, and then we've got that back in barrels uh, with some bright yeast in it as well. So, so yeah, it should uh, should be some pretty fun projects coming out pretty soon, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know the sours. I mean, a oh, lot of people yeah. love them. I, I try to find them around town yeah. as much as I can, but yeah. they're, they're, I mean, we're, we're actually making what's been sitting around for 15 months, and it's, yeah. you know, those kind of things, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell, yeah. Hopefully, they're going to be good, yeah. but... <laughs> You're like this is really buttery. Yep. Just keep waiting. Keep <laughs> just, waiting. Just wait it out. <laughs> so anything, anything, like any really cool ideas you, you're dying to try on the on the little pilot system, or? Uh, yeah, you know we're going to be experimenting around with a couple um, a couple coffee beers coming up. Actually, we're going to do okay. some coffee blends. Um, we're also going to be working with some ice cream uh, and some beer, uh, okay. which is a fun thing to do on the homebrew uh, size as well. Uh, and uh, that's been done. You know, our, our brewer, um, Adam Glazer, is actually, he's a he's an ex-home brewer. Um, doesn't home brew as much anymore because he's, you know, working on a full system yeah, now. So he gets the, the time is here. of the essence, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but he's done a lot of beers with uh, ice cream in them. Uh, okay. Put ice cream into the boil and you get some really awesome character out of it. So we're going to we're gonna experiment a little bit with that. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch of things in the works. So hopefully uh, the goal is to is to really start focusing on using some some local ingredients too. Um, okay. Maybe some stuff that you can only find in Colorado uh, or maybe just, you know, whether it's juniper or spruce or something like that. We're going to start kind of experimenting with some uh, some local flavors to try to, okay. you know, kind of encourage that a little bit. So, yeah, awesome. Some Sounds fun great. Beers for sure. Sounds great. Well, hey, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. I yeah, really absolutely. appreciate you coming yeah. on. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back with some more Beer Blazers. And we're back. That was Chad Bratt, the general manager here at Jagged Mountain Brewery, giving us a little insight into what they're doing and uh, how they're brewing. Ooh, I like that. That was a good little rhyme I tossed in there. That was great. So we've got uh, we got a little more show left to do. We have a bunch of beers left, so we're going to keep on plowing. we got seven more. But One thing I do want to interrupt just real quick. No, no. Inter- I d- interrupt all day? I, I do, while I d- you do that, I'm going to try their black Let's Try it. I, it's good. I do appreciate... Um, and and just it's just great when uh, microbreweries you come into them and especially like doing a podcast like this yeah. where you know they take the time to come and and talk to you and chat about it because you know most of the microbreweries it's their passion right it's something that they've been doing for many many years or Absolutely. maybe they just started but but they they love it and they want to spread the word and I, I think it really speaks to volumes of uh, of an establishment when they do take the time so just kudos kudos to Chad. Yeah, absolutely. They got some neat stuff. And, and as he mentioned in the interview, these guys are like a two-block walk to Coors Field. So you want a pre-game beer, yeah. a post-game beer, swing by Jackie Mountain, and check them out. And the other nice thing is that, you know, not, not to belabor the point here, but... No, belabor. The, the, uh, the, the uh, microbrews, they tend to support each other, even the bigger ones to the smaller ones. So, you know, he was mentioning being within distance of uh, Great Divide. They send him a lot of business. These guys, they, they exchange a lot because people like beer. It's not like you're really, you're, you're not a big Coors and you're like, oh, if I gain or lose 1%, that's going to be, you know, that's going right. to be my quarter. We're, Coors, we're, we're isn't gonna, Coors isn't going to help out Bud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? But these guys, the they're like, the yeah, we, we're going to partner up. We're going we're gonna to share, we're going to share these beer drinkers. We're going to make sure that everyone has a good time. 
That's great. And, 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 and this next, speaking of beer drinkers, this next beer here is their Wolf. This oh. is this is the Wolf Pack. This is the Wolf The Black Saison. So this one comes in at about 6.8%, 25 IBU. So this one should be on the sweeter side. Um, and, and it's and it's a Black Saison. So it's got some characteristics that are that are different than other things I've tried. Oh, there, there's a lot of sweetness to it, and, and it, but it is delicious. If you like the sweet, because that's, it's not overpowering, but it, it is there. It's pronounced. On the front, I, I, I'm a little bit of herbal note on the, yeah. as soon as you that's, take I a drink. I was trying to think sure. of what it was, yeah. There is a little bit of a, maybe it'll make me healthier. Well, you can tell yourself that. I can tell. That's I can, what I'm going to tell can, myself. I can tell myself a I'm lot of these things. the doctor, doctor, I've been, I've been drinking the Black Saison. I should be... Hundred percent. Yeah. So <laughs> no need to check my blood pressure. <laughs> right. Just right. take my word for it. Uh, the next one up on our list here is the Grizzly Peak Porter. This is their uh, uh, their session porter. Uh, comes in at three point eight percent. So this is actually a low ABV. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold the phone here. You said three point eight. Three point. It's listed here as three point eight. Three point eight. IBU. Okay. You normally don't see a, a three as the. Uh, the leading digit. We, no, we and in fact, the board says three seven as the current iteration of this particular batch. Three seven. All right, give it a shot. And it's a Tell it's a it's a, it's a porter, so you know we're not talking a stout beer, right? So this uh-huh. should be it should be caramely, but it shouldn't be roasty. I mean, what do you think? No, it's 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 good. I think it's a good style for that, and and you definitely can can you know detect the. The, the low ABV, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily a bad thing. We were talking. Uh, we were talking on the break. We made a wit one time. Oh We, yes. we tried to make a wheat beer, and I think it came out two point seven. And Ooh. ask us, ask us, Beeler, if we drank it. Did you drink it? I, I think you helped us. Ah uh, yes. Yeah, I don't know. You're, Maybe you're damn right. We drank no, it. No, we we cashed it. It was earlier. In fact, it was our second attempt at brewing together. We made an American uh, wheat rye beer. We called it the Sugar Wit, and it came out at an alarming. 2.23%. It was it was targeted for four. It was already targeted low. Beer flavored water, I think. It was a slight. I will say this about it. It tasted it tasted weedy. <laughs> but the problem with it was is kind of the, it, it's it's take the problem you can have with like a Coors Light or a Bud Light, but but double it. You couldn't drink it fast enough to even even get any sort of a buzz off it because you just you you you're, you were running to the bathroom too quickly. Okay. I think so, it, so what, what's we made an the, O'Doul's wheat. What's what's one of the better brews that brews that you made, or maybe brew experiences? Tell tell us about one of those. Well, I will tell you our best beer overall in the years that we've, we've done this has been our amber. We have brewed that a handful of times. It's always a little bit different, but it's all it, it's one medals. Every time we enter in a competition, it takes the category for amber. What about so that's you? been our best beer. No, but, but what about a brewing experience? A, a brewing experience. Well, I think the the last one that we did, um, just about a month and a half ago, then that um, was an amber. As as a home brewers, right? You're always fighting or upgrading your system, <laughs> yeah. right? And and pieces and parts and everything. And and like anything, they are subject to uh, use as well as being either defective or breaking. Normal wear and tear. Normal wear and tear. And, I mean, we're dealing with, you know, some, some high temperatures here and stuff. But uh, we were we were in the middle of the, uh, the actual the brew phase where we're actually boiling the, in the kettle. We had almost got our batch all up to boil. We, we got, yes. just about to start boiling, and, which takes about 45 minutes. And we did, and we did uh, I believe, we did already introduce the first hops for, for the we batch. Had, we had a first wort hop, and we had already transferred to the mash tun. Yes, we were, yes. We were trying to boil. And, and lo and behold... <laughs> 
So there's a sight tube that we use that determines how much volume is in, in, in our kettle. It's basically um, a clear plastic tube on the outside, and, yep. and because of the pr- principles of liquid, right. that tube goes to the same height as the kettle. Physics! So, physics! Science! So we, science. So, so we know how much beer is in it because of this clear plastic tube, which contains our beer. Right. And lo and behold, we're just sitting there, probably enjoying a nice brew, and we're like, okay, we got another Definitely hour to kill. Definitely enjoying a nice brew. Another hour to kill while we just watch this boil, right? And uh, it, there's a split that happens right in the polycarbonate tubing. And, right and at the bottom. We had no idea. At first, Johnson and I, we just look at each other like, holy hell. Beer is literally spewing out of the tube into the garage. Right. Are we, are we done? Are we just going to waste a 10-gallon batch right, right now? Because, like, what do we do? Because there's not a real quick way. I mean, the, the temperature, too, is, is extremely hot, too. We'd have to wait. We'd have to somehow try to transfer it without burning ourselves. Right, we've got nowhere to put it, and it's basically a boiling kettle of liquid. Yes. Sugary hot magma. So, so Johnson, what did you say to me? I remember. Uh, after shit, oh shit, shit. Yeah, yeah. After that. Uh, some expletives. Well, a- after that, I was like, I, I think I said <laughs> something about the Mythbusters. <laughs> oh, yeah. And their use of duct tape. And? And I was like, do you have any duct tape? Oh, and, and, and here's the thing, too, is if, if you've seen my garage, I'm usually pretty organized. And luckily, I did have the duct tape where I needed it to be. Yeah. And and I direct. I said, Johnson, duct tape right there. Boom. Right. So I grab the duct tape, and he's and he's going. This, he's going. There's no way in hell this is going to hold. And, and, wait, and this, this duct tape is not the gray style. This it, is it's, actual true. It's 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 the it's the the, it's, the metal backed yes st- steel duct tape yes. Wow. And so we're both looking at it, going, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this is going to stick. And we kind of come at it like, have you ever seen the movie Down Periscope where the water's leaking and the guy's Love like, it. Oh! Love that and movie. He's, he's trying to push the water. We come at it like with a duct tape like that. And we try to wrap it, but the the heat from the kettle every time we get around the back makes the duct tape like start to shrivel. shrink. So we're trying yeah. to get it, and so we run like two or three pieces around, and then we're sitting there and we take a towel and we wipe it off, and and it stopped leaking. And it, so it totally worked. Now I'm I'm pretty sure that entire batch of amber is probably poisonous because we put glue in it, but it held, and I haven't died from it yet. Yeah, Beeler, ask us if we drank that. Did you drink it? <laughs> Hell yes. For the record, the answer to that question is always yes. We haven't thrown a batch out yet. Yes, true. We've been close. Now, why, why is that? What, what, what's one of the keys? The what's keys one of the to, keys to making sure that you have good batches of beer? Well, I mean, good batch versus something you have to throw. I mean, yeah. tasty beer versus something you have to throw out. You can drink anything, but you throw it out if it gets an infection. And right. so the important thing there... And this is what I tell... Okay, so here's the thing. People who want to start homebrewing... By the this way, is the while, key. while he tells the story, we're going to yeah, try let's their, start another one. We're going to try their black IPA while he tells this story. I'll give you the details in just a moment on the other side of the story. Jose. The, the most important thing, I, I, I believe, is is making sure that you are sanitizing your equipment. Um, there are so many different things, a handful of things that homebrewers use to, to make sure their, their equipment stays nice and clean um, and without infection. Um, and the two things that we use, and, and granted, there, there's a couple more different uh, commercial products out there. The two things we use religiously. So, uh, religiously. Um, it's called PBW. That's a P as in Paul, B as in uh, brew. Uh, w and that's powder brew wash. Powder brew wash. And that what's so awesome about this stuff is it is a powder form, and uh, what you're able to do, um, if you've ever brewed before, right? And let's say let's let's take one of your your carboys that you've uh, that you're done fermenting or whatever. You need to clean it, right? Right. Well, a couple things that you can do. You can use a a, 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 a actual wand, uh, a bottle brush, which is a total pain in the butt. But to, to get that hard... Just sprays water in all directions. Well, there, there's the wand. Oh, you oh, use for the bottle. I'm talking about the, the brush itself with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so you can use that. Or what you can do, and, and it's kind of lazy, but it totally works, is PBW. You just let that puppy sit 
for an hour, two hours, whatever, overnight, it doesn't really matter. It will take off all the residual, uh, just muck and stuff that you have, the trube, all that stuff that, that's, that's, that's there. Now, some gone. of it, you still need the bottle wand and the high pressure to break off, like yeast and stuff like that. Do initially. that first. Right, right. But the soak of the PBW is great. And the stuff is just, I mean, it's slippery as all hell. It's a little slippery, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, but, but this, and this is what's interesting to do. So the two steps, PBW, let it sit. Then you do want to clean it and want to rinse it out. You do not want any of that uh, remaining. Okay. And then now, do you want to, Johnson, one of my favorite things, do you want to talk about it? Begins with star. <laughs> star sand? Oh, you got it. Star sand is like an acid um, topical disinfectant, essentially. And you spray it on just about everything that's about to touch your beard. On, so, okay. Let me back up one step. When you're brewing, you have to be cognizant of two things. One, there's a cold side and a hot side to your beer. Okay? As you know, and maybe you don't, but if you were to take water out of a stream and boil it, you can drink the water, right? You kill all the crap in the, in the, in the beer. So when you're on the hot side prior to the boil, you can be a little less anal. But after the boil is done, you now have to have everything that beer touches be clean, be sanitized, not expose it to air. And so the star sand comes in handy. You're, I mean, you, we have corks. The little rubber corks we put on the top of our carboys. They get sprayed with star sand before they go in. We spray our hands with star sand before we touch a tube. We spray, we fill a bowl with star sand for the air to blow off there. I mean, everything gets star sand, so everything stays nice and clean. Because at the end of the day, you can brew the best beer, and if while you're getting ready to uh, put the beer on the, on the, um, in the carboy, if you take your dirty finger and run it inside the lip of the carboy and get an infection, the beer is shot. You're done. So. One of my favorite things too about Star Sand is that it is uh, it, it is is non toxic. Uh, when you do rinse out your carboys or any vessel or anything that you're working with, you dump it. Okay, you pour it out all the main liquid that's in there, but you do not. I repeat, you do not rinse it off uh, because you just pretty much you can transfer the beer, the worts, whatever you need to do into yeah. it, and it is completely uh, safe to the consume. Yeast is, the yeast is a fan of it. Uh, and, and, and it's a little bit of a nutrient for the yeast, absolutely. So Star Sand, and, and one, one other thing i like to mention, Star Sand and PBW, I use this all the time in all various applications, not just brewing, but I've also used it to clean our range yeah. and just leave PBW there, and it works great. Phenomenal sanitizer. It's, it's acidic, but very low acidity. acidity. So you don't have to worry about it. Passing around the Barking Marmot, 7% ABV, black. Wait, wait, wait. Barking what? Barking Marmot. Marmot? Marmot. Barking Marmot. How would, okay. Hey, Beeler, how would that sound? Dude, let's do your impression. Okay, that's good enough. Well, these dogs <laughs> were barking earlier. Right. We just, oh, there it there is. There we go. There was yeah, the Barking yeah. Marmot. Hey. Okay. <laughs> so we've got four more beers after the Barking Marmot to try. So we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna start. We're gonna start we're, yeah, we're going we're gonna to beer blaze is what we're going to do here. So that's the black IPA. Um, thoughts? I don't think it's as hoppy, obviously, as an IPA. The black sort of introduces a little bit of the sweetness to it. But it's still listed at 80 IBU. It's good. It has a little sweetness to it. Yeah, for sure. But it is, uh, yeah, not too shabby. Not really my favorite IPA, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's a little sweeter. By the way, these next three we're going to try, the Black Rye Imperial IPA, the Smash Barley Wine, and the BA Smash Barley Wine. Uh, hang on, let me look. Yeah, they have the BA Uber Mountain Smash Barley Wine, and they have oh, the yeah, Uber Mountain Smash Barley Wine. These next Ooh, three are all the their Ubers. collaboration beers, and so. Oh wait, I gotta, I gotta go. Mm. Oh, which one is that? That so is the, the black the rye. The black rye. 
mm. the Black Rye Imperial IPA. Let, so let's hear your mm. maybe not a, maybe it's not an mm. Well, this is twelve percent ABV by the way, three hundred and fifty IBU. You don't say is what it's listed as, and by the way, it, is, it says gluten reduced. I don't know how. So three hundred and fifty IBU. Can you taste that? Wait, well, three. 350 IBUs is the rating. As a fun fact. Technically, you can't taste more than like 100. Any, anything over 100, yeah. The, the human, the tongue cannot process. Oh, that's bitter, though. But it's awesome. The bitter is off the chart. The bitter is off the chart, but man, there is a nice sweetness to that. Yeah. The, the rye comes through. I wasn't expecting that with that right. high. And, and when I see rye, again, not, not really one of my favorite styles with, with the rye, but that. That's phenomenal. You have a nice mmm face over there. I have, I have a mmm face on. Yeah, not an O face. Not an O face. But when you see 350 IBU, what you expect is a holy god face. This is quite. Lucky hey, hey! Guys anymore? This Wait, one. What is he doing over there? He's bogarting it. I'm bogarting the rye PA. Fair enough. Eating into the mic. I'm trying to now do my he's best. All the beer. We're trying to run through this. Next right. one, Uber Mountain, 3.2% ABV. This is their Smash Barley Wine, 55 IBU, available in 8-ounce pours. By the way, uh, as with the other one, 8-ounce pours, um, they're smaller pours because they're trying to kill you. This one, what'd I say? 13.2 ABV. These are some definitely some high ABV, very bold beers that you probably are going to get. And this maybe one... A, 10 ounce pour, 12 ounce pour. Yeah, I mean, th- these are eight. This one, by the way, I mean, because you go barley wine, you can t- it's sweet. You taste the alcohol in that one. Like, this one's not going to sneak wow. up on you. If, if you wow. could have seen Beeler's face, that was great. Wow. That one's not going to surprise you. You're not going to drink a pint of that and go, why am I so drunk? You're going to yeah. know. Yeah. You can you can pick up the alcohol in that. And what, got, what's, got a little body shake off of that one. Well, then you're going to get a hell of a body but, shake off uh, the next one because the next one's the same you know, beer that has been barrel aged. I will, I will say that you know a lot of these high ABV to 14.8 uh, beers that you have can can taste almost medicinal because of the high alcohol, but they've done a phenomenal job. I would say that is an excellent job. We've got a Beeler down over here. It. That one hit him. Woo! Hey, you still with us there, Beeler? Woo! When, oh, when does it stop being a beer? At what percentage? Well, I mean. Te- te- technically, the best you can get from um, fermentation alone is 15 to 18. Anything higher than that, you had to do something special. But what makes it a beer is the fact that it's a, it's a malt base that has been fermented with, with yeast and not screwed around with. You start talking about malt liquor, malt alcohols, like yeah. grain whiskeys. Wow. That's typically, there's, there's a fermentation process, but there's also a distilling process. A distilling process. This hasn't been distilled. It's very much a beer. But man, can, it, it tastes like just the inside of a barrel. It this is so is smoky. Amazing. No, and I go back, yeah. I go back to it as, it's, 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 there's a lot of alcohol there. It's, but you, but you don't get the... Tang. You get that tang on get, the front. You get the tang. You chill. Right. Oh, it's oh, delicious. Are you and hang on? Going back to high ABV, doesn't it was it Sam Sam Adams, Sam Adams have a Utopia? N- what is it like a seventy something percent? There's a couple that are bo- I, that are I, I boasting the high. We, we we saw one we talked about a few episodes ago that was sixty seven and a half percent, which is like hundred and thirty proof. I mean, we're talking. Holy crap! Oh, right, yeah. It and was, I, and that one was called Snake Venom, and, and I, they sell it in twelve ounce bottles. And I think Johnson's going to get it for Beer Blazers for us to try, right? There, <laughs> Beeler. I want to say they were like a hundred and twenty-five dollars of twelve. Again, ounce. again, I'd say you're going to get it, right? We're going to need well, beer with a beer chaser. So again, this one I think, just, just like the last one, I like it. It's it's got a nice sweet barley wine flavor. Definitely can tell that, that, that that's alcoholic, but the barrel age gives it just a little something special. Uh, last but not least, by the way, we have the one that uh, uh, Chad mentioned in the interview. We talked about it up front. The Russian Imperial. This is a 17.5% uh, 
ABV. At the time of this recording, it wasn't released yet, so he took a little little, uh, little sneaky sneak off the back. Uh, by the time we release this, you guys should be able to come in here and get some of this, um, but it might and go fast. And this is going to be served in six-ounce pours. And they said they made this about two years ago. This has been aging for 15 and 15 months. months in the in the, in the barrel, right? Yeah, the cask. 15, 15 months, and, and you know they've been open for two and a half years. Wow. So this has been, brew- this has been fermenting back there for quite some time. And I'm going to take a big, healthy sip of this right now. We're all watching him. Yeah, we are. And, and wow, Whew, I don't think I could drink a lot of that. It is so strong. I mean, it's 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 sweet. It almost it almost tastes like a bourbon. I mean, it is just holy crap. That's that's beautiful. That is really well done. That's beautiful. That's what you want after 15 months. You don't want to crack it open and be like, whoops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I've, I've yet to taste it, but just the aroma the, you're, is you're getting buzzed awesome. off the aroma. Yeah, aren't yeah. You? Well, that, but it's it is so nice. It's so pleasant. Pleasant the aroma. Mm. Taste it. I want to see. I want to see your reaction. This one. Uh, this beer is not fucking around. Get under a warm blanket with this beer. Yeah, yeah. Just spend a whole weekend in. <laughs> so I think that needs to go. You know the, the St. Bernards that have that little thing that around their neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. to save. It's normally used for whiskey. Yeah, the or brandy, brandy or yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, just to save people who are stranded out to, to get them nice and warm, which is the thought. I think well, Mythbusters did something. When it's, you know. Yeah, it doesn't really work. But that, yeah, yeah, but that you put that in there, I will get stranded. Yeah, come on, St. Bernard, you'll die happy. It, it's fine. That's yeah, what it comes down to. Oh, there you go. All right. So before we wrap this up, we usually go around, and I know there's been a lot of beer, but we ask everyone to pick their top two. Um, and so, I mean, think about it for a second. Mr. Mr. Beeler, what do you think? What, I mean, of, of these beers, where are you going for your uh, your number two there? Uh, uh, I, I got the Black IPA, the Black Rise. There's so got, many choices. I know, I know, I know. I would go. You go. Go ahead. You want me to go? The thing is, I'm looking at the high ABV. Like, I would like to pick one that was more the high, more, more the, and then the standard. But it, God, it's so difficult with the, with the high ABV because they're all so really tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, oh, this is number two though. Number two. I don't, don't jump the gun on me. One's better. I can do number I know, one. I know what my number two is. I'm I'm gonna go with the one we just had. I'm gonna go with that that black, uh, the, the 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 Russian Imperial. Right. I think that was. I mean, it, quite quite good. Again, I can't drink a lot of it, but I mean, just. I haven't had anything quite like that in a long time. The flavor profile, ugh, I loved it. So I'm going with the, the the Russian Imperial. Let me. I don't think we have any more of it left. Do we have any more of the session, the Sidewinder? No, I don't think so. That wasn't our first little taste. We drank all that. Right. I I, I think I'm gonna go number two. I'm gonna go with the the single hop session. The single hop session. Absolutely, IPA? because I think for an IPA you get that you get that flavor, you get that that experience of an IPA, um, and it's okay. but it's still five. Okay. Percent. Mr. Beeler. I think I may go with the wit. I was really okay. I thought it was well balanced. The wit beer. Yeah. And that one is the uh, what's the name of that one? The the walk off wit. Yeah. The Belgian wit. Okay. Yeah. Number one. Oh, number one. Oh, I'm going Smash Barley Wine. The 13.2. The Smash Barley Wine barrel aged or non barrel aged? Uh, the Uber Mountain. That's the yeah. that's so, the, so we had the but they have still had the barrel aged Uber Mountain. Oh, you're right. You're right. So barrel aged or non barrel aged. They were, yeah, they were both. I, I, really I gotta try good. them one more time here. All right, you try that. And Beeler, what's your number one? Uh, I'm gonna go with that last one. What was it called? The Russian Imperial. The Russian Imperial. Russian Imperial. I, I have to I, go. I can't drink a lot of it. No, exactly. And you shouldn't. But I will definitely sit there and sip that beer. A pint, a pint of that is kind of your weekend. Yeah. Right. 
I, I, I've got my ver- the verdict. Barrel aged or non barrel aged? I'm going to go non barrel aged, and the reason being, and this okay. is this is only personal preference. Got it. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm one that likes likes just a little bit of smokiness. Right. Um, so if if that is your thing. Definitely the barrel aged. The barrel aged is amazing. It adds, it adds a lot of smoke. And I would say no. I would never say no to this. I would drink it right. all day long. Right. But I think the, 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 the non-barrel aged. Yeah. I have to go, and only because of the the, the way it came together. I have got to go with the black rye IPA. The rye in that IPA really came came through. I mean, supposed 315 fifty W. The black imperial black rye IPA I thought was uh, was quite tasty. So that's my number one. All right. How are, they, how are they going to win the care pack? The care package. That's true. Thank you before we forgot. I, I get to enter that, right? Because it looks amazing. I know. And the, again, the giveaway. A jagged care package. A t-shirt, a couple pint glasses, a carabiner, and some jagged mountain stickers. You can enter to win that by going to our website. And what should we do for this particular giveaway? Does anyone have a good good plan, a good call? Facebook, right? We want to stick with Facebook for now. Right? There's going to be a post on the website. Um... Tell us about your best Colorado adventure. Something outdoorsy. These guys are big climbers, right? They like to climb mountains. They like to get out in Colorado. Just drop us a line. Where's the coolest place you've gone? A quick, quick adventure in Colorado. And, and you, bonus points share. for if beer's involved. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Bonus points for beer involved. Absolutely. Probably need, yeah. Okay. So go to Facebook. Like us on Facebook, obviously, and comment on the episode and tell us about um, your, your your favorite Colorado adventure. And again, bonus points of beer involved. Yeah, and then we will randomly select you uh, within a week yep. of the release. Within a week of the release. So this comes out on a Monday. By the next Monday, we'll have a, we'll have a winner for the Jagged Care Package. So, Johnson, just yes, real sir. quick, just again, interject here. Interject. Final thoughts. I do have a final thought. Oh, like Jerry Springer. Is that what he said? He's, yeah, I always, never watched it. Jerry Springer's it. final thought. Oh. Be, love no, each other or whatever. Go ahead. Ugh. What's your final thought, Jerry? No, the final thought, and this is something that I've been thinking a lot is throughout this episode is if you're on the fence of brewing beer, yes. okay? Like if you, if you, you want to try it, but you want to sure. try Find somebody out there who already has a system and just ask them. We homebrewers are all about showing the process and Absolutely. showcasing and just saying, hey, you know, come on over, have some beer while we while we brew beer. It's, it's amazing. We will do it all the time. And and here's the other thing, too, is if you don't know anybody, you know, then and you're very interested, it's it's pretty inexpensive to get into. Um, you do the extract and and you're on and you'd be on your way for about 50 bucks. So just do it. Try it. It's awesome. And it's it's good for your belly. Absolutely, it's good. And by the way, just um, if anyone asks you guys, I totally did not steal that puppy. This this little guy with the, with the black face, he's just cute as hell. He's running around. I want to steal the puppy. My my golden don't retriever and my, my Brittany At least would, don't would announce it. <laughs> oh, true. Never mind. That guy over there just stole the puppy. It wasn't me. Anyway, I'm going to give you the wrap up, and Mr. Beale is going to think of another tagline till you guys help me out. Jose can kick in his thoughts too, but here we go. That's it for another episode of the Beer Blazers podcast. If you have comments, suggestion, or feedback, please visit us online at beerblazers.com or check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all slash beerblazers. If you're out drinking, having a good time, and you want to tell us a little bit of a story or drunk dial us, also perfectly valid, call us at 720-263-0337. Your comments will be used on a future episode of Beer Blazers. So until next time, this is Beer Blazers saying... <laughs> if you're into homebrew and you're really loyal, listen to Beer Blazers while you're waiting for the boy. 
There it goes. I know. <laughs> sure. All right, everybody. <laughs> Until next week, keep your beers cold. Bye-bye. Okay.